When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, how about hour number two on a Monday? It is a full-on therapy Monday for a lot of fan bases today. A lot of the combos we deal with. Isaiah's a Longhorn fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys fan and an Aggie fan. So the heck kind of weekend did I have? If you're a Longhorn fan and a Texans fan, all right, well, we know what that's been for a while. But if you're a Longhorn and a Cowboys fan, you are definitely going through a whole lot today. We've been trying to dig through all of that. By the way, we were just talking about A&M and Oklahoma and all that they gave up over the weekend. So Texas and Oklahoma both gave up 37 minutes of time of possession, and the Aggies gave up 36 at Auburn. Oh, my God. Longhorns, Aggies, and Sooners apparently don't want to play offensive football right now, Zay. Just let the other team have it for basically two-thirds of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean... When the team like TCU that puts up 40-something points a game gives you 17 points. No, you take it. I'm sorry, not gives you. You take it. That defense that we saw, they were on point. PK was dealing. You saw corner blitzes, five sats, 14 tackles for loss, and you can only give them three points. Yeah. Mm, mm -mm. Yeah, the touchdown you got was a gift. Yeah. An absolute gift. Now, I mean, you took advantage of it. Barron did what he needed to do, but – Max Duggan, he Max Duggan was going to see that one in his nightmares forever if that if they dropped that game. Yeah, and what should make Max Duggan feel better is one of the best players in the National Football League, Josh Allen, mucked up on a play just yeah. like that and cost his team the game. Yep, that's true. His was even simpler. Yeah, his wasn't about a mesh point. His was about just get the snap. Yeah, so, and he, he couldn't do that. Yeah, if I'm Max Duggan, I'm suddenly talking so like, oh, look, even the great ones do <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, I'm I'm good. We're still. Undefeated, yep. sure. On to the next one. We're still 10-0, and 0 and, uh, and now we are in the Big 12 championship game. That's what the TCU folks are thinking today. On the Texas side of things, it's a little more complex than that. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and talk to Joe Cook of InsideTexasOn3.com. We hit him every Monday about this time. He was over there for the Sark press conference and uh, the player press conferences today. Joe, how are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always appreciate the time. Such a disappointing loss for the Longhorns, especially the way that game played out. Tell me what it was like doing what you do, covering games that closely, and it is your job to focus in on a game. Can you remember a first half that ugly? I mean, I understand we can play the old man game of, it was a great defensive struggle. I get it. I get it. But have you seen a first half that was that ugly for offensive football in a while? No, and, and it's not just that it was ugly. I think it was just the, the teams that were doing it that was even more jarring because, you know, you had talked about uh, TCU, an offense that was, you know, I think top five nationally in, in total offense. It was putting points on the board. 
Uh, you talk about Texas, who has done a pretty good job of, you know, despite some struggles, still putting up, you know, 30-something points a game uh, on average, having a good scoring offense for, for what that's worth. And then to see the game go and it be a 3-0 game or whatever it was at halftime, that was, that was what was crazy. Um, so, yeah, it was extremely jarring. You know, during the course of the game, I'm, I'm kind of keeping a live live blog going, so sometimes I miss some of the granular things, but I'll, you know, you check the stat sheet and you just see, you know, the, the complete lack of usage of B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, uh, both in the first and second half. That's just, that, that was the thing that surprised me more to where, you know, I thought we, I was telling somebody over and on three the other day, I thought we were going to get a typical, you know, early 2010s Big 12 game, and instead we got a, a Big 10 game. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Joe, just very disappointing, and you got to look at this offense first from the offensive line, which I think it was their worst game overall, to Quinn Ewers, who had another tough game, kind of mirrored the one in Stillwater, but Steve Sarkeesian didn't give him many opportunities. Do you feel like it was more of a Sark should have put him in better situations to be successful, or Quinn Ewers just has to be better? Um, I'm going to go more column A than, than column B. Um, you, you're, with Quinn Ewers, yes, he does showcase a lot of what, what made him such a special prospect. But you have to remember, this is game six for him. Uh, and Steve Sarkeesian has to remember that this is game six for him and put him in better situations to uh, take advantage of those traits. Of course, Steve Sarkeesian struggles against this type of defense. Uh, we've seen it you know, last year against Arkansas. We saw it this year. Uh, against uh, TCU, obviously, and against Kansas State and against Iowa State. Uh, but there, there are things that he's doing that just doesn't really help Quinn Ewers. I understand that when you run this play-action system that the, the deep pass is, you know, it, you have to do it, it, or else the whole structure of the defense just uh, starts to play in on that run game and there's, there, nothing's going to work. But I, I, and, you know, even if the reads are there that says, Quinn Ewers sees Xavier Worthy, and you know Worthy's either got a step or is even, and that's his key to see like, okay, we got to try it. There's got to be some sort of adjustment that Steve Sarkeesian can offer because of just how unsuccessful those deep passes have been. I completely understand the philosophy. I completely understand the structure of the the offense, and I completely understand you know why he coaches to to, to take those chances to keep those safeties back. But at a certain point, and I think this is what we've now seen, they haven't been able to convert with, on any number, you know, with any reasonable amount of success to where you, you feel like you have to play the safeties back. You, you go ahead at this point to take that risk and say, you know what, these guys haven't done it at all. If they get us one time, sure, but who knows if they'll get us one time. Or, who, you know, maybe the corner will make a play. Uh, you take that risk just because they haven't proven – uh, to be able to do that, and I think that's where Steve Sarkeesian needs to, I don't know if adjustment's the right word, he's obviously not going to change his philosophy because that's you know it's just the way it works, but there's got to be room in there somewhere uh, for him to say, look, okay, maybe these deep passes aren't working, but let me try to you know maybe f- find a way for an intermediate pass to come off a of play action or you know set up some sort of other routes for, for viewers to see, okay, you know, I got the short one. All right, I got this medium one. Okay, now I can uncork on this long one because I've been getting these other ones. That's just something we haven't seen, and the rest of the offense suffers as a result. 
Talking about Joe Cook. Yeah, Joe, it, 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 you mentioned the philosophy part of it. I, I'm always interested in his answers at the press conferences. He is giving you guys the truth. He's telling it the way he sees it. He's not hiding things from you. And his answer today to the long shot question was basically, we're going to take them. We're going to keep taking them. It's almost like a basketball coach saying, no, man, we're taking those threes. Well, yeah, but you were 0 for 10 in the first half, and then you took 10 or 12 more. Yeah, exactly, because that's what we do. Shoot or shoot, we're taking – we are going to take that shot. Now, I don't know if that helps Longhorn fans sleep any better. If I was a Longhorn fan, it wouldn't help me sleep any better. But I think that is what – that's the message he's trying to get across today is they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah, and and I guess you you hope that a – uh, you know, like I said, a guy who's either in his sixth or seventh game, depending on how you want to define it, that he gets better at that. Uh, that you know, you'll you'll get the the type of performances and, and plays from Xavier Worthy or anybody else they try that that haven't been there quite yet. But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, it, and and that's the troubling part a little bit is that we're I don't think Texas fans or anybody is asking him to you know change his philosophy. Uh, and say, you know, get rid of the deep shot aspects of the playbook. But I, I think they're all that they're looking for, considering the amount of unsuccessful ventures that they've had doing it, is to try to find something that, you know, you can still maybe stress stress those defenses uh, and still find things that are, you know, Quinn Ewers is successful at. And that's just not what we've seen. I mean, you, you, there was some times, and I'm glad Steve Sarkeesian mentioned it today, he said basically the only the only player who was playing uh, winning football uh, on Saturday was Jordan Whittington. Well, it took a while for him to get into on the action. And, you know, to Jordan Whittington's credit, he's an excellent football player. Uh, but, you know, when, with what he's been tasked to do this year, he's not the, the best ever at getting off of press coverage or man coverage. It, it, it just is a simple fact. So they finally, you know, instead of trying to trot him out deep over and over again, they finally started hit him in a perimeter game. Oh yeah, that's where he excels, and you know that's what started working there in the second half. So um, obviously, you know, if we're able to see this, you, me, Chad, and Zay, uh, you know that the coaches are seeing this, and uh, you know the the telling thing will be this upcoming week if at Kansas, you know, whether they try to add some stuff in that allows for them to take advantage of some of the intermediate stuff, or if it's just going to keep trying to test. You know, we're going to test that. Jayhawk secondary. We're going to throw it deep and see if it'll work. Um, so that's that's the you know I I don't mind it a ton, uh, but when you have enough evidence to see that some things just aren't working at full uh, capacity, there's got to be a, a pivot or something like it at some point. Yeah, Joe, I definitely agree with that. You know that three three five defense, Sark and Quinn Ewers, they definitely struggle with it. But if you don't didn't watch this game and you looked at the stats and you said Bijan Robinson only had twelve touches, had four in the second half, you know that Texas has no chance of winning that game. What did Gillespie, the defensive coordinator for TCU and Sonny Dykes, do to make Sark just straight up give up on the run game completely? I, that, that's a tough one. Um, I, I do think that this was a rough game for, for Texas's interior defensive line. Uh, the, the trio of Hayden Connor, Jake Majors, and uh, Cole Hudson. They, they, you know, when you're facing three guys who are bursting through gaps or trying to, it makes it a little difficult. Uh, and that, those three TCU defensive linemen were holding their own. So that allowed for 
uh, you know, D winners. I think, you know, I think, I don't know if y'all seen this, but Johnny Hodges, the uh, TCU middle linebacker, ended up winning defensive player of the week in the conference this week. So, uh, those guys were, you know, the defensive line were able to free things up for those linebackers, and they were cruising downhill. And the, the Texas offensive line just was not able to get to the second level and create some room. I'm guessing that's what C. Sarkeesian saw, uh, to where he was trying to continue to just pass against that uh, TCU secondary. And there are times, you know, you mentioned the three-three-five. It, it's tough on on Sark's offense for some reason, but there are times when. He can find the uh, the hole, in and, and Quinn Ewers can too, to his credit. I, uh, we saw it a good amount against Iowa State, and we saw it on a handful of occasions uh, against TCU to where they can find, you know, a little bit of, I guess it's a corner route. That, that seems to work uh, at a decent level. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it was the TCU defensive line freeing things up for those linebackers and secondary players to come down and make tackles because the offensive line just couldn't burst through to a second level at all uh, with any consistency in this game. Talking with Joe Cook, Inside Texas, on3.com. All right, Joe, uh, last year Kansas came to DKR and put 57 on Texas. That would be true no matter what happened last week. Now you add in where Texas is. What do you make of this game? 2.30 kick. Middle of the day in Lawrence, you know those fans will be ready to see it. What's this matchup? Uh, what does this matchup feel like to you? I mean, you know, it's been weird. I think we've talked a lot about this entire year how each game is super important, you know, and both Texas fans' faith in the team, and you know, even the most important market, and that's recruits' uh, faith in the team. And not to say that's not to imply any or wavering. That's not anything close to what I'm saying, but. You know, when you're at six and four, you can go a couple of different ways. You can go, you can lose the last two, you go six and six and have to win your bowl game uh, in order to say you had a f- above 500 season. You can go seven and five, which would be a two game improvement, but still probably not what people want to see. Or you can win these last two and go eight and four. And if things break your way, uh, you could end up being in Arlington somehow with a chance to win the the Big 12 title. Very unlikely, uh, considering what's on the schedule for all the teams that are left uh, and what Texas needs to have happen. But, you know, if you put yourself in position at 8-4, and four, there's a chance. So these next two games are incredibly important, and, and the next one specifically. Uh, it'll be a little bit different than what Texas is, is used to seeing. Uh, Kansas and Lance Leipold kind of run a – they're in an option – type system uh, from from spread formation, so very unique. Uh, they run it really effectively. We'll see if Jalen Daniels, who was electric earlier this year, uh, is going to be available. Uh, it kind of seems like that timetable for his shoulder is starting to, you know, be come to a conclusion and maybe get, make him available for this game. And then you got also uh, some of the other guys on that team, including the running back, who have done really well. So this this one's. I mean, this one's important because, you know, you if, let's say you go ahead and lose this one somehow. That's six and five, and you got to beat a decent Baylor team in order to go seven and five. And then you're kind of looking at it like, okay, they went five and seven. A lot of ball bounce the ball went against them last year. Uh, you know, things started to snowball first year. Then you go seven and five. Well, I've always kind of, you know, how much difference is there between? Seven and five and five and seven. When you look at you know a bunch of different one score games, I think Texas fans knows that pretty darn well, considering Tom Herman was the head coach here for quite a few years. So um, I think if, if 
if Texas wants to really show that this is a different team and improved team, which I think we all know it is, but the best place to show that is in the record books. And uh, in order to get there, they got to win this one to, to get win number seven, to show two game improvement and best case scenario. You can't do that. Uh, you can't win eight without winning seven. So uh, I think they got to, you know, go ahead and get it done this week and, and show a, a three game improvement uh, from, from last season. I think that's the best case scenario for this program, obviously. And then hope the chips may, fall as they may when it comes to potentially getting to Arlington. Yeah, these some big games Steve Sarkeesian has, these two games with Kansas and Baylor left on the schedule. But, Joe, let's go to the hardwood real fast because the Longhorns are bringing in the number two team in the nation in the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the first big game at the Moody Center. Last year, Drew Timmy gave the Horns a brutal 37 points, and he's back for his eighth year at Gonzaga. How do you think the Horns fare up to the Bulldogs coming in? You know, I bet Dylan DeSue has, has had this game circled for a while because mm. last year, I think when uh, when Texas went up to, to Spokane, uh, DeSue either was, you know, a, a two-minute-a-game guy or he may not have even played. So that put all the, the pressure on, on Trey Mitchell and Christian Bishop. And, uh, you know, those guys, their, their, their limitations were exploited by uh, Drew Timmy, to, to say the least. And I guess Chet Holmgren got a few in on him on on the that duo as well but uh this is a big one for dylan to because you know that that's a, obviously a great team surrounding uh in, in, in surrounding timmy at gonzaga especially with a you know veteran player like razier bolton that uh texas has seen a, a couple of times in the in the past few years but for dylan to this is a true test you know he he went and tested nba draft waters last year um, and I think, you know, now we can look back with hindsight and see that was just a, you know, go learn about what you need to do uh, before you come back here next year. And I think one of the biggest things, aside from health, uh, was defense and, and interior defense. And, man, there's not going to be a bigger test this year maybe for, for Dylan DeSue in that area, plus the rest of the Texas bigs, uh, than, than Drew Timmy. So that's the matchup I'm really watching, uh, not just playing post-defense, but – also hitting the boards, that's another area D'Souza's got to play well. I think you can kind of have faith that the Texas guards will, st- not stymie, but make thing- make lives a little bit difficult for uh, the-, the Gonzaga ball handlers. Uh, you also are going to get a pretty, I bet, one of the more Rockets environments we've seen at a Texas basketball game in a while, and just the third game in the Moody Center. Uh, you know, the corral, I bet they start camping out tomorrow because, you know, that's going to be a hot ticket, and, of course, anybody who's got season tickets is going to want to, you know, even on a Wednesday, make their way to this game. So should be a, a pretty fun environment, but uh, I think uh, you got to watch that, that matchup on the interior with Dylan DeSue and Drew Timmy, and then especially when uh, DeSue is, is getting some rest. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Beard uh, maybe maybe uh, schedule Dylan DeSue's rest at a similar time when Drew Timmy is taking hits. Mm. We'll see how that one plays out Wednesday. Big game coming for the Texas basketball team. That is Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com, at josephcook89 on Twitter if you're getting your follows together there. Joe, we always appreciate it, man. We'll hit you next week. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. And we will see Thanks, what, Joe. We'll see what the Longhorns look and feel like about that time as they are now 6-4. and four. And as uh, Joe was talking about, kind of how does this season finish for them based on where it was last year. Sark still sitting right there at that average number of 11-11. and 11. Longhorn fans are definitely <sighs> keeping count 
of all of that. Uh, by the way, basketball-wise, remember Coach Beard tonight on Longhorn Weekly, 7 o'clock, to get you ready for that Gonzaga game. Gonzaga is an 8.30 tip, so you'll need some coffee on Wednesday night, possibly. I know I will. Um, 8 o'clock pregame, which means you'll get the Longhorn Blitz podcast regular time there, 7 o'clock on Wednesday, and then we'll feed you right in to the Texas basketball pregame. Also, Texas women's hoops with a massive Let's game this, this afternoon at UConn. It's always a strange time. They throw those weird games in Connecticut sometimes. 5.15 our time. Pre-game. 5.30 tip this afternoon. Over on 105.3 the bat. Best of luck to the Texas team. They're ranked higher than uh, UConn right now. They're ranked number three. UConn's ranked number six. Let's see if the Longhorns can go pull something off in stores. That is a different place, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And unfortunately both teams might be without their best player. UConn for sure, and right. Paige Beckers, who's out for the whole year with an ACL injury, and then the Horns, who might or might not have Rory Harmon, who missed the last few games with a toe injury. They don't have Rory. It'll be a tough one up there in Connecticut. So Vic Schaefer, he's definitely going to have to do some serious coaching if he wants to overtake Geno. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Going to be tough. That's this afternoon at 5.30. All the women's games can be heard over on 105.3 The Bat. All right, coming up, let's get our flex segment out there. All three of the teams we broadcast for you on the Austin Radio Network, they all got wins. And if that's true, it also means that Zay's Bowie Bulldogs are done for the season. We'll get all that recap for you and help set you up for this week as we get to round two of the playoffs. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, now some would say you may be trying to troll Cowboys fans with this one. I mean, the boys are back in town, really? Oh, yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. You're not going after Dak and the guys, are you? No. Okay, because right now us Cowboy fans are a little uh, we're a little sensitive, a little raw. <laughs> we're, 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 we're going through the shakes Yo, that only Aaron Rodgers can bring. I told you it was a bad sign when Big Mike was crying up there and reminiscing and stuff. Yeah. I don't like that emotion. Everybody was like, oh, Zay, you have no heart. He has daughters there. They grew up there, this and that. Nah, man, the rivalry is too thick to be thinking about all that stuff. Did you hear what he did yesterday? Did you hear all that stuff? No, nah, what did he do? About how he got up super early at like 3 or 4 in the morning because he was so excited. He was at some property he still has up there shooting baskets or whatever, and he said he went to Starbucks three times by 9 a.m. That was like the story of his day. And then Shooting he got baskets. Big Mike has a wicked jump shot? Apparently. And then he got to Lambo at like in the 9 a.m. hour to just soak up everything oh. and all that. And they go through that whole day. There was a section of that game where I thought, does anybody on this team know that he used to coach the Packers? 
do they even understand how important this might be to him? I just couldn't believe they were letting him down in certain ways. Um, there were just there's certain parts of that game that it was just a, a little bit surprising to me. I know Dak's been out those games, but to watch Dak and the receivers continue to have their issues and Zay at times, I thought I was going to get to come in here today and say CD Lamb was growing into that number one receiver. But then there's times where he regresses. He's still working it. He's still working through it. Uh, and those two interceptions, however much, I've heard the discussion today, which one's on Dak, if any of them are on Dak. But that second one, I'm not exactly sure who it is, but that is not the route of a number one receiver. It's just not. The way 88 ran that route, just very, it just felt sloppy. Yeah, they let Jones go crazy yesterday two big-time picks, and yeah, he could have cut across Jones on the inside instead of going behind him, but I don't know. Dak did throw that thing. But once he – and yeah, and that's the thing. Dak would tell me, hey, man, I got to let that go before he cuts. I have to trust that he's going to make that cut. So is that the answer, or is the answer, no, man, once you see him running that lazy route, you got to do something else. I don't know what the ultimate answer is there. Yeah, he put his hands up like, what the hell was that? Yeah, the Cowboys do not have a, a number one receiver right now. At times, Lamb will give you the feel of one. I thought he ran some great routes in the game. I thought he made some big plays, but he obviously had those two plays where he – and then Dalton Schultz is on the other one. Schultz helped that play get a little compact and kind of screwed that one up for Dak. So a lot of mistakes with the Cowboys. They lose 31-28. Longhorns have plenty of mistakes in their game, especially on offense. Couldn't get things going, and they lose at 17-10. And if you watched it, you know how deceiving that is. That was a 17-3 ball game through the effective part of the game. Max Duggan gave you a little Christmas present early, but it didn't even matter there. So we talked about both of those games. We'll continue to unpack that. It may take us all the way through tomorrow's show to get to everything in the NFL and college football, especially that Vikings-Bills game. But right now, let's get you a Flex 30 segment, talk about the teams that advanced and one key team that did not. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Zay, it is no secret that uh, of the 6A football teams in this area, I have kind of become a fan of the Vandegrift Vipers. I've seen them play a few times. And what I would say to you as a Bowie fan, there ain't no shame losing to the Vipers. No. No shame at all. And that's a good – they put up a good fight. They kept that thing close and ultimately couldn't make – ultimately it was Buchanan and those guys that made a couple more plays. But I thought it was going to be worse than that for Bowie. So shout out to the Bulldogs for keeping it that close. Yeah, proud of my dogs, you know, getting to the playoffs once again and arguably the toughest district in all of Texas with Westlake, Lake Travis, and Dripping Springs. All three of those teams advanced to the next round, and rightfully so. But, yeah, Vandegrift, it's just a tough matchup for us. And, you know, they have a chance to really make some noise and go far in the playoffs and do some big things. And, yeah, I'm not – I'm nothing but proud 
of my dogs and what they showed this season in a very tough district, very tough schedule. And and leave me alone for not going to the see my dogs play. I got to see everybody. I try <laughs> to see everybody around Central Texas. That is my job. People getting on you? I feel you? like Jason would be a little upset if I just went to Bowie games and mm. we had to talk about all of these schools and all of these teams. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do my job and see everybody as much as I can. So, yeah, people getting on me on the specs text like, oh, Zay, how can you not go to your game and support your dogs? For one, I'm a jinx. Only games I've oh, been through with no. the dogs this year, they've no, lost. Not a jinx. So there's that. And then also I was watching Lake Travis mm. have a hell of a comeback against the Round Rock Dragons in that part of Williamson County. Speaking of jinx, we'll get to the jinx that I provided on uh, Friday night, apparently, because <laughs> I, I certainly didn't help the team I showed up to root for. We'll get to that, but Vandergriff won at 28-14 if you missed that final. Lake Travis, the game that uh, Zay did check out, beats Round Rock. Round Rock up, Zay, correct me if I'm wrong, 10-7 at the half? Up 10-7. And L- I'm like, this is a dog fight. And LT hangs four touchdowns on Yo, him in the second half. It's cold as hell, Chad. Halftime, yeah. I look at Nolan Hogan, he looks at me and says, Peace, dog. We going in our cars. We going to wait this 25 minutes out sure. in the heat and then see what happens in the third quarter. Wow. 28 unanswered points. Just And trick plays, too. They were bringing in the, uh, the backup, who used to be the starter. They brought him in as quarterback and then pitched it to the now quarterback, who had a nice throw ah. in the back of the end zone. It was a nice little jump ball. So, yeah, Coach Carter, he was dealing in that second half, and it was just every time they got the ball in the third quarter, just went down, scored, came back, got the ball, went down, scored, and – that was ball game after that. Yeah, we talked about the experience that Lake Travis has, obviously, with a lot of those guys. And then for just kind of ironic, with all the quarterback issues they've had this year and stuff they've had to put together, the other team ends up yeah. with the worst quarterback problem. Because if Mason Cochran can't finish a game, I'm going to tell you that affects Round Rock's ability in a big way. I know the Dragons would have liked to have had a healthy quarterback, but that's the way it works. And that affects your whole team. Yeah. You know, when the guy that's been – Winning you some big-time games and putting you in situations to be as good as you are and have as good of a season as you had like he has done at the quarterback position, when he goes out in their first playoff game, it's just you got to feel for the Dragons. And I know they wish they were 100%. I think they had a wide receiver out too. I think their backup quarterback got hurt at one point. Mm. So they just had a plethora of problems, but they had a hell of a season. And I hope they could keep their head high. So uh, that's final was 35-10. Round Rock falls to Lake Travis. So Vandergriff, Lake Travis advance, and so did LBJ. I showed up in an Elgin shirt because we live in Elgin. I was going to you know, kind of root the Wildcats on. I knew LBJ was probably going to win the game. I, I just didn't realize LBJ wasn't going to let Elgin show up at all. 69 to nothing was the final score. We stayed through the halftime. We supported who we needed to support in the band and the flag corps, and then we were gone, Zay. Then, yeah. we, then we went to Pluckers and found some warmth and food. Oh, I felt that. Hey, it was a cold night Friday night. Man. All the players playing, taking those hits. I know y'all were feeling it. I saw on both Lake Travis and Round Rock side guys shivering and trying to stay warm yeah. and rubbing their arms together and blowing on their hands and whatnot. So it was a nippy one. But we know LBJ with Cedric Alexander giving him the ball, time leading rusher AISD history. They, all, they only know how to play one way, and that's, all gas, turn up. We're gonna, our offense is gonna go hard. And if you stop us, 
Try. Yeah. I, dude, I watched a couple Elgin defensive players <laughs> go through the thought process of, I got a life to live. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and – I'm gonna, not that I'm not going to try to tackle 28, but I, I got a career to think about, and it's not football, man. This may be the last time I ever wear this uniform. I don't want to get taken out of here on an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah, he runs hard. Yeah. He, he runs hard, man. Vanderbilt, they're getting the good one. Yes, they are. That's right. And, uh, yes, uh, verbal commit to Vanderbilt, Mr. Cedric Alexander. So I feel lo- like some teams are still giving them calls. I feel like in that household, oh, I'm still that waiting. phone's probably still ringing. If you're smart, and, I'm waiting. And, and the way that you know these coaches could continue to recruit these guys, even if they commit, we saw what happened with Colton Vosick in that situation, that phone better be ringing if you're other teams in the SEC because, yeah. and if you're Vanderbilt, I'd be checking up on him every day. Yeah. Every day. What's the homework like today? Uh huh. What you what what you eat today? Uh huh. Every single day, just to make sure. I would too. (laughs) Hey, what mama cooked today? Was it good? Uh, Yeah, yeah. You have a good day. Just yeah. How much gas down in the ATX? Any little conversation that you could have Uh with Cedric to keep him locked in and keep him committed to your school, do that because they got a special one going in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm not saying he wouldn't look cool in that V with the star and the you know anchor on his helmet and everything, but there are other. SEC teams that might be interested in a talent like Cedric Alexander. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Maybe the team at college state. <laughs> Nah, 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 nah. No, he don't no. need that dysfunction in his life. Oh, I see. Okay, just, just, just checking. All right. Uh, so it's going to be Vandergrift taking on Converse Judson. They're over at the Palace. Two of these, uh, actually, all these teams are fairly close. Vandergrift over there at the Palace, seven thirty on Friday. Lake Travis will be at the Field, the P Field in Pflugerville, taking on Cibolo Steel. That's a seven o'clock kick on Friday. And LBJ goes a little ways down the road to Katy. Still not too far over there at Road Stadium in Katy. They are taking on PNG, Port Nature's Groves, and that's a 7.30 kick on Friday. We'll be keeping you updated on those throughout the week. Reset them for you. High school teams, congratulations to those teams that have advanced in the area, and we will get you set for the area round coming up. Next, it's going to be where we at in society. We'll see where Zay wants to go with that. At 2 o'clock, we get back into therapy mode here on a Monday. Longhorn fans and Cowboys fans just trying to figure out what the heck is going wrong right now with the two big brands. More coming on the Horn. And that just has such a Joe Walsh vibe to it. What band was he in? Joe Walsh was in the Eagles. Ah. But this is this isn't the Eagles. That guitar just kind of has a Joe feel, but it's um. Yeah, I'm familiar with the song, but I'm not. Um, is it like the Doobie Brothers, maybe? Nope. No, who we got? Steve Miller Band. Oh, good Lord. I missed the Steve the Miller State. Band. Okay. The State? Yeah. Okay. Steve Miller Band. Steak. Oh, the Steak. Steak. Like S. 
T A K E? Yes. Okay. They're not like a steak I would eat. No. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Miller didn't have a song called a steak. I like it medium rare. Boom, boom, boom. That did not happen. Steve Miller Band, Lou Graham, Ray Charles have all been on the show today. We hope you find the music. It puts you in a better mood today. If you are a Longhorn fan, Cowboys fan, hell, Aggie fan, we've talked about what the Sooners did over the weekend. If you're a Baylor fan, you're not loving life very much, too. Zay, how wrong did we get that pick? Yo. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Deuce Vaughn and those guys, they ran all over Dave Aranda's ball club and gave them a little taste of their own medicine. I was in Waco, right? I was in Waco. I was in Waco. Man. It was like Kansas State. Somebody went in the locker room and said, hey, you know if uh, Texas loses this game, you're in sole position of number two and on a one-way ticket to Arlington for a Big 12 battle with TCU. And they were like, oh, really? All right, let's turn it up, fellas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris Kleiman said, hey, let's turn it up. Man. So he did. That was impressive. And right now, that is what it is. We are on our way. If everything holds and everybody wins out, the two purple teams will go. One of them's already locked in. K State's going to try to lock theirs in in the next couple weeks. So who's on their schedule? Who they got these next two? Uh, they finish with Kansas, and then they have. Hang on, let me look this up for you because I, I, I believe I looked that up this week. Where, I did too, but I forgot. Yeah, no, I did as well. I've been trying to look up all these remaining schedules. Here we go. K State will finish with Kansas because it's the rival game. They got to go to Morgantown yep, this Saturday. Neil, this Saturday. Neil, you're desperate. By the way, that seat's hot as hell, steaming. Weird start time, one o'clock. So it's probably like an ESPN Plus if it's on TV at all. But it's one of those kind of games. That's a big one. Yeah, ask Brent Venables about going up to Morgantown and hey, seeing not, what they bout. You're not going to make Neil win that game, right? He just beat OU. Can he Can he save the job with that? Does he need to be, beat K-State too? It, it's a little warm. That, oh. that seat's a little warm. It was steaming, blazing hot before the OU mm, game. They are 4-6. and six. Yeah, it's a mm. little warm. Okay. So, Fair you know, enough. if they win this game, then... yeah. He might be sitting on ice now. TCU at 7-0 in conference. Kansas State at 5-2. Obviously, the Longhorns would need Kansas State to lose, and they're going to have to win out, which may be the toughest part of it for them before they start worrying about others' math. Uh, We'll get back to the Longhorns and Cowboys stumbling over the weekend, and uh, also we will get to why today matters at 2.30. Right now, though, where are we at in society with Zay? Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, do I have something I need to look at on Twitter today? Yes, you do. Okay, Twitter gifts. Here we go. Yeah, so we all have ops, as the kids say. Chad, do you have any ops? Ops? (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold on. Ops. Okay, so ops. Break it down. What do you think ops means? The kids are saying. The kids are saying. Yo, man, I got ops. I can't be dealing with these ops. I got ops. Options? No. I have options like in life. No. Ops. I gotta watch out for these ops, man. These ops are everywhere. Is it a is it an acronym? Is it like OP? Or is it ops? It's ops. Ops. Opportunities. Op op or op. Uh, it's not get away from opportunities. Get away it's from not that. opportunities. It's not opportunities. It's uh I don't know. I have no idea. Opponents uh, which also means foes. Like rivals. Oh, okay, rivals. So if somebody says, I got ops out there, that means they got like opponents slash rivals. Slash okay. People they don't mess with. Yeah, yeah, got you. Okay. All right, All but, right, ops. Okay, but sometimes 
it's not worth it. Sometimes it's not worth having a beef with your ops or having those ops at all. Uh-huh. And I can't find a better example than Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, who oh. are partnering up wow. to deliver Holy Ears edibles, which is in shape of an ear and has THC cannabis in it. And they've partnered up to start selling these edible gummies out to wherever you could get them, not well, and not get locked up. So I've heard, I had heard this was going to happen. I had also heard that Evander was okay with it, that Evander had given his blessing. But now to know that it's even, even, you know, greater level than that, it's fantastic. The fact that this tweet also says, quoting Tyson, if I was on cannabis, I wouldn't have bit his ear. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. I, they've also, I believe, they've, they've uh, gone around. To like signing events and sign pictures of it together. Like Evander really has embraced that moment in a way that I didn't expect. And they've both come out of it, you know, I think better for the for the whole experience. Evander Evander's been a been the bigger man on that one for a long time. But now the fact that they can be friends and that they can do they have this business and Mike's gotten involved in the cannabis community and everything, I think it's a hell of a story. I was six years old when that incident happened in ninety seven and I remember it. Yeah. Like that's how crazy of a moment it was. And to go from Evander Holyfield having his ear taken off, him stomping in the ring, holding his ear. I remember that famous thought. That looked like he was just throwing any type of hissy fit. To now, 2022, these guys cool enough to partner yeah. up and make money together. It's a crazy but pretty cool thing. Holy ears. <laughs> that is unbelievable. The fact that they're sitting here in this picture. Uh, and, and you, you, Zay tw- Why are they tweeted? wearing Christmas sweaters? That's what's No, that's the what's fact that they're wearing old grandpa Christmas sweaters is kind of awesome to me. And Mike's says Tyson on it. Which is weird. It says yeah. Tyson, happy holidays. Yeah, so I know that he's had a cannabis line for a while. I Maybe just Holyfield just partnering in. I don't know how big he is into the cannabis scene, but... Yeah, I feel like this is majority Mike's product. That is so good. I'm assuming you just did you tweet that out already? I'm tweeting it out right now. Oh my God. So Zay will tweet this out at ain't that underscore Zay. I'm at C Hastings 1049 and I or yeah, 1049 and I will retweet that uh once he does it. That is fantastic. Um I'm I'm with you. I remember it. Uh I can remember that one like it was yesterday. I went over to the you know pay-per-view watch party and all that stuff. And my prediction right now is I will, whenever I die, I will still have never seen anything crazier in sports. I've never seen anything crazier than that. Like, just, I, there's been a lot of weird things. There's been fights. There's been fans doing stuff. There's been, I will never. A heavyweight championship fight where that happens. You couldn't have even thought it up that night as we led into the fight. And to see it was just, I mean, I... I'll never forget just the reaction in the room. This was multiple people. We were playing, you know, squares and stuff, and everybody had money on certain rounds, and it was just, it was, it was unbelievable. Like I just, I can't even. It's in its own category to me when you start talking about the craziest things you have ever seen as a sports fan. I don't even know what I would put close to that. What can I say? I mean, Evander was handling me pretty well. And, you know, I had to get in there and do my part. And I could have chopping his ear. I mean, what are you talking about? Come on. And th- <laughs> that, is, that is an interesting Mike Tyson you got going on there. I'm not exactly sure what I'm, exactly sure what I'm going to do with that Mike Tyson. 
That was weird. I had to go for it. That was like... <laughs> It's like Mike Tyson and Cat Williams had a baby. <laughs> that was weird. Oh, Whoa. Pimping, pimping, pimping. Man, when Jim Gray stood in that, stood outside the locker room and interviewed Mike, legitimately interviewed Mike, and Mike was trying to explain himself and all this stuff, talking about headbutting and all that. And I'm like, yeah, Mike, you took a chunk <laughs> out of the man's head Yo. and then spit it on the ring. Are you crazy? Yo, you can take the brother out of Brooklyn. Can't take the Brooklyn out the brother. Woo! Cat skill! Is that what it was? Catskills, New York, when they would say he was fighting out of Catskills, New York, right? That's what that's where Cuss was. Oh, okay. Up there in North. But you, you're right. He's from he's from the, he's from Brooklyn. He was from Brooklyn. He's from the city. Like and Brooklyn. Catskills Brooklyn. is where they went yeah. to work. Oh my God. That's unbelievable. Yeah, check that out. We we tweeted that out for you. The Evander and Mike Tyson edible ears. Literally in the shape of ears, edibles. Now that Mike's in the cannabis world, well done, gentlemen. Well done. All right, 2 o'clock hour coming up. Longhorns and Cowboys each have their own issues right now. We'll try to work our way through that. Let us know what you think. 337-3776 is your Specs text line. As you can imagine, we've been getting a lot of feelings uh, from Longhorn and Cowboys fans today. We'll continue to process those next on The Horn.